Welcome to Garden Thoughts. On this podcast, I talk about different ideas, concepts, and perspectives. I want to explore the brain in different ways and tap into the untapped areas of the mind. Invest in yourselves and think on your own. Have some fun and enjoy. All right, and we're back. I'm back here with Alex Funk. So um, this kind of just came about um, on its own. Um, It's kind of just shoot from the hip trying to get this scheduled obviously we're both uh very um fast-paced people that are doing a lot of things and so um i just want to say to start off i appreciate you coming after after work getting here um hopping on the podcast and gonna share some stuff uh more than anything i just look at this as a conversation and the people who want to listen in can listen in um but um, just for the listeners to give some context, I'd love for them to get to know you before we just start talking about stuff because I love to just dive into it. I don't really like the the prenup, all this you know pre-start stuff. So if you could just give context to the listeners of who you are, what you're about, what you're doing, where you're from, that type of deal, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, no, dude, it's honestly, you know, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. This was totally off the hip. <laughs> I'm glad I can make it over, seriously. Um, from Piers, Minnesota which most people listening won't know where that is. It's in the middle of the state, so St. Cloud and Brainerd, right in between. I always say if you draw a rectangle on the state of Minnesota, you put a dot in the middle, that's basically where I'm from. Mm. And a town of 1,000 people, uh, sports is a big thing in that town, so I played uh, football and baseball and didn't have the height for basketball, even in a town of 1,000, so yeah. I, I just lifted weights in the winter. Yeah. What position were you in baseball, football? Um, football, I was a fullback okay. in a wishbone offense, yeah. and then in baseball, I played I played all around the infield, and then my junior year, I had arm issues basically my whole life, mm. and so um, I couldn't even get the ball really from second base to first, so I got moved into a DH spot my junior year, so I was... Uh, just I was a DH my junior and senior year in a really good sports town growing up. My cousins are all tremendous athletes. A handful of them played college sports. Mm-hmm. Um, big baseball family. Went to Mankato for school, for business, for sports management. Cool. With a dream to work for the Minnesota Vikings. And Vikings? Then, yeah, Why the Vikings? Big Vikings fan growing okay, up. Sure. Yeah, my dad was a season ticket holder. He raised us in purple. Like okay, we yeah, are, yeah, the whole I'd, deal. I've been to I've countless games at the Metrodome. I've been to a ton of games at U.S. Bank. So, like, I bleed purple. really yeah. do. And so my dream job my whole life was, you know, Madden franchise mode was to be the GM of the Vikes. <laughs> and uh, went to Mankato for sports management to pursue, like, someday I'm going to get my dream job, work for the Minnesota Vikings. And one week into freshman year, I met a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy who got me a job with the Minnesota Vikings. So... It was like everything kind of just fell right into place way faster than I thought. So I had this job with the Vikings, and it was on game days. And I, I wasn't employed by this stadium. Like, legit Minnesota Vikings signed my check. So was, that was my dream. Holy shit. And then I realized that, like, after the season, I realized that working in sports, well, at least that role anyway, was not – I didn't get to watch the games or anything, so – it just was different than I thought. Mm. wasn't as exciting. And I guess if you pursued big things before and got there, like kind of that like, oh, okay, that's that's that, I guess. So I switched majors a bunch, and freshman year winter break uh, was recruited by Cutco to sell. Mm-hmm. Cutco. And that's, that's how we met. That's how we met through Cutco. Yeah, and 
Colby Cutco legend, by the way. And uh, <laughs> it, I, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, and I, I found out I love sales. I found yeah. out because if you look at the roster of majors at a college, sales isn't there. Like you can't. If you want to go into sales, you just have to get a sales job, really. Yeah. So I found out I loved it, and I ended up riding that out until basically until now. And I, yeah. I didn't finish at Mankato because yeah. I didn't have a passion that was there. And my dream is to still to be the general manager of the Vikings, but that's I'm a, I'm a district manager right now, and I feel like that's the best possible experience I could get. Yeah. Um, to get closer and closer and closer to my dream of working for the Vikings someday. So. Right. That's probably like. The, my story in, in a nutshell, nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I think through, like, Cutco, too, when I, when I tell people that, like, I worked for Cutco, and I'm, I gotta believe you're somewhat aware of this, of, like, there's, like, this almost, like, sometimes, like, bad notation around Cutco, like, oh, you work for Cutco? Like, oh, God, stay away from Cutco and stuff like that. Um, first of all, why do you think that is? And then, because, like, here's, here's my experience, is that I was very skeptical going in, right? And there's people that now are, you know, currently being recruited to work for that. And when I was going in, I was very skeptical. I'm like, all right, I'm hearing all these, like, bad things about it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when actually doing it and just, like, you know, taking it, taking it on, like, of your own self and experiencing it, like, I, I took a lot of value from it, right? I don't do it anymore, but the value I took from sales, working with people, communicating, setting up demos, all these different things... Right, like I, I didn't want ultimately. I didn't want to just be the guy selling knives at the end of the day, like all these different things. But there's, I think there's so many lessons in that. How do you like think about that? Because I know you're, you always are around that. Totally, and I think that is the. I think there's a deeper conversation about that where we are all a product of our environment. We are all a product of, not even our environment. We are a product of our environment's expectations of us. That is how people are that's how human lives are created so what's really interesting is all the negative stuff around cutco being from a town of a thousand when i was recruited over winter break mm-hmm. i was like i was thrilled i didn't there was nothing i there was no skepticism i was like this is like how did i get this opportunity this is out of left field like my mom has this stuff like i can't believe that how did i get this and i hadn't heard about any of the negative stuff until i'd worked here for like a year and at that point, it was like, what are you guys talking about? Like, I, I have all this experience. Like, where does this even come from? Now I'm in the cities. I, I hear it all the time. Right. So to me, it, I think it's just the, it's an interesting, like, it's just the, pro, it's what our environment shapes something to be. And then it's just like belief system after belief system. And that's mm. just ingrained in people. I think it's because it's so different mm-hmm. for one. Anything that's different is judged, which is evolutionary. Mm. And so I think that's like the first part of it. I also think it's very misunderstood. I think it's just, it's just simply misunderstood. And I also think that there's, there's a common theme of when someone has a bad experience with anything, not just working with Cutco, but with anything, that, that people are very quick to share a bad experience. But people are not often quick to share a good experience because we're accustomed to good experiences. Like we have, our lives are packed with good experience. I walked in here, you have all this food sitting right there, s'mores <laughs> cookies. Like, and I, I didn't think like- That's for the roommates. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't think like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe there's s'mores cookies here. I just thought, oh yeah, okay, cool. And I ate one. Yeah. So I think we're, we're we live a privileged life and when something doesn't go our way, we're very quick to share it. Yeah. And I think that because it's so different, it's hard right it's hard it it takes the right person to do it 
uh, you combine all of that and the negative stuff can spread pretty quick. Yeah. So, That's like, you know, you go to the restaurant and you have terrible service. Like you write a review. Like, this place sucks. But like if you have awesome service, it's like you don't say anything. <laughs> 100%. You just expect it. Yeah. yeah. 100%. I, yeah. Anytime someone brings something like that up to me, I always say I was in, I shrug it up. Literally today I had a situation with a guy, um, a high school senior who, and I, I just kind of shrug it off because how often I asked him, how have you ever written a one-star review? And he said, yeah, of course. And I said, okay, have you ever, after getting a McChicken, went and rated that McDonald's location as a five-star McDonald's? No, we just don't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I used to take it personally. And at this point, it's like we all have our own experiences. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, I met a bunch of great people like yourself, um, especially like Nick Leindecker and Dan Espergar. I mean, what they're doing, like – what Dane's doing too is very cool to see and it's cool to be around people this is what I know is just being around people that want to improve themselves and improve the environments around them and the people and I think that's what I think that's kind of what draws us together um on the very limited interactions that we've had this is the second time I've seen you in person and the only other times has been like little boxes and zooms right and so we've shared experiences but it hasn't been like you know we don't like live together we don't know everything about each other but I think it's cool when you get around people and have a web of connections that other people around you are also trying to push themselves, however that may look. Like maybe it's into sales and they're trying to increase their team, increase um, their numbers, everything like that. Maybe you're really into fitness. I know your roommates or a few of them, Jared, he's really big into fitness and all these different things. Maybe like myself, I'm into athletics and, you know, kind of these other things. It doesn't matter really the outlet, but it's like the effort and the intention that you want to went with it and like going back to our conversation just setting this up earlier today that's how quick this came about um and kind of spur of the moment was just like living with the intention and having intentionality with you do that's kind of what i a self-realization i've had is that i like love living with intention and it's awesome to have other people around you that are living with that same core principle i 100 percent agree that's again again that's like it all goes back to environment. It all, it really goes back to environment because it's so easy when you have people around you who are living with intention to also everything you do has a little bit more meaning to it. Um, and when there's not intentionality, it's really easy to go through the motions. Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah, I think environment creates that for sure. Like you were talking about yeah. having the right people around you, um, in all different areas, like all different things for sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I want to share this with you too. And I, I want to hear your opinion on this because I was thinking about this for a while and I'm just somewhat weird like that and think about these different concepts time to time but of how if we want to change who we are how do we go about that and it was essentially the idea or concept of okay you're like I'm under the assumption that the environment creates the person where and there's a process of the environment creates your thinking and your thinking transfers into what you say what you say is what you do what you do habitually become your habits and your habits become your identity. So if you ultimately want to change who you are, it starts with your environment of what you consume, who you're around, how you spend your time, how you feel about yourself, all these different aspects that we have control over that ultimately set up the thinking and down the pattern of saying, doing, habits, identity of changing who you are. And so that's why to share my kind of perception and con context to, your, to you of the non-negotiables and why I'm going on this series here um, with different people and tapping into the five book buckets, your breath, sleep, hydration, nutrition, movement, exercise, and connections, relationships is because all those buckets create an ecosystem 
an environment and they're all controllable. Like you have influence and power over your own breath. Like we just did before we got here. Now we're dialed. We're kind of in it right now. Right? So you have your breath, you have your sleep and how important that can alter, like ultimately change who you are and how you feel during the day. And then your obviously nutrition, hydration, your movement exercise as how your physiology, physiology can change your psychology and your connections relationships because at the end of the day if you don't have anyone to share it with or have intentional conversations then nothing else comes about and so i i love that you you're kind of on the same page of like ecosystems huge or environments huge because i think a lot of it stems from that and it's like this uh pattern that just starts happening again and again and again I hundred percent yeah the way that what's what's the order that you said it you said yeah so you have your breath sleep the the other you have the habit oh yeah 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 so you have your environment okay then you have your think your thoughts your thinking thoughts coming from the environment thoughts coming from the environment what you think becomes what you say what you say is what you'll do what you do habitually become your habits and your habits become your identity yes okay so i i've heard this before mm-hmm. and then i've also i've also heard the flip version of it yeah, which is, is really interesting and what's that so that that is 100 percent true mm-hmm. that's what starting with environment mm-hmm. i think is so important because i think about growing up in i've had three completely different environments town of a thousand people where it felt to me like being significant was a bad thing like standing out was a bad thing moving to the cities bad like like almost nobody was worthy of that like the amount of people that went to the u of m or Mm -hmm. st thomas from my town so minimal like people just got almost it felt like people got stuck there Mm -hmm. like people are stuck which isn't true and if anyone from there is listening to this like i know it's not true but it's what it felt like to me and then i went to a, a college town like mankato not known for academics like let's be honest like it's just not and so that was in a totally different environment i right. was a completely different person mm-hmm. in mankato than i was back home i didn't i really didn't drink until high school was over mm-hmm. at all because sports were serious to me and like we just didn't do that and then i went to mankato and it was like it just was a whole different environment i was a different person than i was back home and then when i when covid happened i moved back home got out of that environment, was in a different environment that was very, I was in my own bubble. I was working really hard, grinding with Cutco, earning a ton, learning how to invest in real estate and and things like that. I do want to hit on that later on, but yeah, keep going. Then I moved to the cities and again, then I went from having all these thoughts created by my environment at home to the cities where I was by myself, totally different environment again. Everything's bigger, more opportunity. I was by myself, so I was creating my own thoughts. And, like, I've just had those three completely different environments, so I can definitely attest to that. The flipped version of that, which I think is interesting, is starting with habits and going from uh, going from habits to standards and then from standards to actions and then actions to routines and then routines and finishing with environment. Mm-hmm. So the idea... Inside out. Yeah, so the idea that habits, for example, a lot of times when we talk about habits, we talk about like adding good habits. So I think about me, my gallon water streak or my cold cold shower streak or like I'm sure you have good habit streaks as well. Um, 
do you have some habit streaks that you're thinking of? I do, yeah. Yeah. Then, so go, instead of adding good habits, it's the focus on what are, what are my bad habits? Because you said it, our days are created by our habits. Our days are habitual. We don't actually make as many decisions as we think we do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm reading a really good book, Blink, by Malcolm Gladwell. Have mm. you ever listened to or I've heard not. Malcolm Gladwell is an awesome author. But in Blink, he explains how the power of thinking without thinking, how most of our actions are like split gut actions. Like we don't actually... We're not thinking a lot of times. It's habitual. So recognizing what the bad habits are or our bad tendencies are and then starting to shift those first. So that's like flipping it upside down. I think about like um, waking up in the morning and snoozing the alarm every day. So if I were to say, okay, that's a, I'm going to recognize a bad habit is every day when I wake up, I snooze my alarm. I don't want to snooze my alarm anymore. But why am I snoozing my alarm? What are some standards I can create for myself around this? Okay, hmm, what would I like to do in the morning instead of snoozing my alarm? I'd like to work out. Okay, I'm going to create a standard. Three days a week, I'm going to work out. Not five, not seven. I'm going to start with, maybe it's one. Mm -hmm. One day a week, I'm going to wake up and work out. (laughs) And then recreating what our habitual days are through these standards and doing it slow and being okay with that. I think that's how someone, environment for sure, but I think if you flip it, you can also recreate your identity starting with the very little things that we do have more control over than we think we do. Mm. Um, so that, that's been a very impactful thing for me the last two, three years is trying to recreate my identity of like who I am on a daily basis. Um, and starting with the bad habits, like the bad tendencies. Right. I think that's, dude, that's nails too. That's That's powerful to understand because... How I think about that, right, is like our th- our thinking is either, you know, unconscious or conscious. And so like what you said, like the bad things we do, like or the decisions, we think we make decisions all day, but it's really, you know, I was just uh, listening to apparently we make 70,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day and on day to day basis, 80% of them are the exact same thoughts. And so if you try to think about, and it's all ultimately like, and this is what I'll share is that like if you study successful people or success, which, you know, I, I'd like to kind of be around those types of environments because obviously success leaves clues. And I'd love to hear what you kind of have learned from it. But for myself, it's been really two big realizations about people that are quote unquote successful is that they're very, very, very self-aware. They know exactly who they are. They know exactly who they aren't. They know what they're capable of. They know the situations they want to put themselves in and their family and they understand what they do not want to be part of. And so there's very distinctive, clear intention with how they go about things. And it's also the second part is looking at everything through a 30,000 foot view, looking at everything through long-term decisions, like the short-term decision, like Jocko says is in the short term, the donut tastes good. Right. But like, look at the long term. What am I ultimately after? And I just want to share this as well before, and I, I want to kick it back to you, but let me ask you a question. This is kind of a loaded, deep question. What do you want to talk you're, about? You're spot on so far. With what yeah, you're yeah, yeah. So what, what do you think humans are ultimately after? If you could narrow it down to one thing. Man, that's interesting. I think that if I were to look at the hierarchy of human needs, mm-hmm. the top one is self-actualization, which is, which is the answer to your question with the same question. It's, what am I here for? So 
how often do people actually hit that? I don't know. Like, I really don't know. The second highest human need above a physical, like above physical needs, above um, psychological needs, above emotional needs, the second highest human need is significance or the feeling that their life matters. So I think that's somewhere to start is in this is do you know what Earl Nightingale's talk? I do. Okay, Strange Secret. Oh yeah. Yeah. Success oh, yeah. is the what is what is it? Success is the realization of basic basically what he says in it. I I always nail this, but maybe it's the maybe it's the microphone. <laughs> You're good, dude. But um, success is creating like what does success mean to me, and then pursuing that because mm. you know what when some when people say like oh he's so successful or I want to be successful. The first step is, well, what does that mean? Like, what is success to you? Like, what is success in this situation? Which brings back to what you were saying, the 30,000-foot view of like, okay, to, what would make today a success? Well, what do I want in five years? And who's the version of me in 10 years? And to your point with that, like, I had a really good coach with one of my – or a call with one of my coaches a couple of weeks ago. And I, I had been – in my eyes like crushing these financial moves like my first property my second property and this year my goal was get my third like get one every year type of thing I wasn't able to get a property this year and it was because I I haven't developed that skill with money yet where how he put in perspective for me was okay you want to we talked about like what are my goals what are my dreams and I said by 2028 I want to be working for an NFL team not for the money but for that's like what I want to chase. And I want to have all this real estate passive income that I'm doing the NFL job, not for the money, but for like, that's, that is the what experience. I want. Yeah. And he said, okay, so if you, you want a hundred doors, that was my goal. A hundred doors by age 28. And I said, yes, that's, you know, my goal or whatever. And he said, okay, if you woke up tomorrow and I had given you a hundred units, like I gave you a hundred doors. And I said, or I said, hey, Colby, here you go. Here's a piece of paper with the title of 100 units of real estate. He said, if I did that for you, what would happen? I said, I, I don't know. I'd probably lose all of it. Mm. I would have no idea how to manage it. And then we went back to, okay, so if that's what you want in eight years, what, what are all the skills you have to develop to get to that point? Because if I gave you that today and you'd fumble the bag, you have a lot of development to do to get to that point. And so that's another like looking at it from, okay, I want to get to there. I'm so far from there. So what are, what are the tiny actions I can do that'll get me a little bit closer to where I want to be? Um, that, that makes like, oh, you know, I, I crashed my car into the snowbank today and it took me an hour to get it out. Okay, but in eight years, I want to own 100 units of real estate. I'm gonna have a lot bigger problems than getting my car out of the snow. As you're able to just laugh things like that off a lot faster, for sure. Dude, I love it, dude. Like, everything you're saying is just, it's cool to see because when you're on the same thinking pattern, the same, like, vibrational frequency, like, you can feel it. And it's almost like validation of, like, okay, if there's other people also thinking the same way, there must be something there to it. Um, I think that's really cool. And if you ever listen to, like, Jim Rohn or different guys like that as well. Like the OGs. Talk, yeah, like, all those guys, I, like, I listen to the guys daily. Every time I drive around, like, I listen to more to that than I do music itself. But um, when I like the thing that you're kind of laying out. I, I think about the exact same way. Is like, okay, what is my ultimate virtue that I'm trying to get after? Like, what is, that, what am I, what is my highest potential that I, or what am I capable of? 
right? So what is the ultimate thing that, you know, that I'm trying to be in pursuit of? And so once you realize, again, this is all self-awareness, understanding your unconscious, how can we get all the, most of the unconscious into the conscious of thinking? But what is it, what am I ultimately after? And then that creates separation from where am I currently to where, where do I want to be? And that's like the vision. And I think it, I think of it as like a mirage concept of where that's the vision Maybe I'll, so this goes beyond then like opening the hundred doors, right? I think the same thing of like where you reverse engineer, this is ultimately what I want. Okay. That's the vision. Here are the attainable goals. that will help me become that. But I'm thinking even larger than that. What is the, like when you're 131 years old, walking the dog around the park, like what is the ultimate thing? Like the legacy part, what do you want to be remembered for that type of deal? Like, what do I ultimately want? How do I want to, what do I want to embody all these different things? And so that's like the vision piece in the mirage concept of like, it is the pursuit of the ideal, but understanding you'll never attain it, but by becoming closer to it, you'll become more like that. And so it's like this magnet effect. And now you have different goals. Maybe a goal in there is have a hundred doors by X, Y, D, Z day, right? Or all these different things. Um, and I think it's powerful to understand that. And one thing I just want to share too is like, you know, if you want to be like the thing, if he just gave you a hundred doors, right. And he's like, Oh, what would you do? Uh, I don't know. Well, I was listening to Jim Rohn. He was saying like, if you, it's not the financials, it's not the success that you have. Like if, for example, if you want to be a millionaire, like it's not the money that makes you a millionaire. It's what you've attained and what you've learned through the process of becoming a millionaire. It's like, if I become a millionaire, you can take away all my money because I am working from abundance and I know what I'm worth and you have the skills to do it again. So I like how you said that. No, that's, yeah, no, that is spot on. And what you were saying about self-awareness too, self-awareness is step one. Like it really is step one. Cause you, like step one, self-awareness. Step two, once you are aware of what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, then you can self-manage once you're aware you can self-manage and once you can manage yourself you can then start managing the expectations of those around you i think sometimes we myself included skip step one and two and start to try to change things around us this is like the what is the old minnesota analogy like the guy who comes out of his house to yell at his neighbor to clear off the sidewalk when he's got three foot of snow on his roof or whatever the analogy is but like it's That's like saying the, uh, you know, if this is from, I think, I believe the Bible, me and our roommate were talking about splinter? this. Splinter, is that what you're going to say? Or no? Yeah. Where you have like, um, a, like a small piece of wood. Yes. Okay. Around, you... But you have a plank. Out of yes. Your, is that the same yes, thing? Yes. That's okay. what I was. Yeah. No, Sorry. yeah. Sorry. No, I, I, right when you said that, I was like, I know where you're going with this. Um, hot, yeah, that's a hundred percent though. And so like, I even think about myself with my roommates. I walk out. I get super pissed that the kitchen's a mess. And I'm like, everything has to be tidy. Like, I'm very everything, get everything in order type of guy. And um, I walk out, kitchen's a mess. And I'm immediately, like, just uh, at first, like, pissed. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I have to do this every single morning. And I'm, you know, like, really quick, fire up and text. Like, come on, guys. (laughs) And then I'll send it and I'll think, what am I feeling? Okay, why am I feeling this way? What am I what am I actually feeling? What do I really want? And start to actually manage my own, take some deep breaths and like 
that's the part we as just human beings skip a lot, including myself. So the fact that you brought up self-awareness first is like, yes, that is definitely step one. That is always step one. Yeah, I kind of view it as like Harvey Martin. Uh, I'm going to have on the podcast here soon. I did speak it into existence just there, so it's got to happen now. Um, but he, he was a coach and mentor of mine for about three and a half years through uh, MASH Baseball. And he was with the Mindstrong Project. Now he's with the Art of Something. Um, so grateful for the time we spent together because there's so much growth and learning that just took place and realizations. But kind of the, 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 I took some adoption of thinking from his and he just puts it so, so simply put and so effective as like, as humans, like we're problem solvers. Like, and so how I think about like everything, you can view everything as a problem. And I don't mean problem. When you hear problems, it's typically a negative connotation. You can be good problems. And that's the whole thing I just put out with the non-negotiables. It's like life is about solving problems. A good life tries to solve problems. A bad life doesn't try to solve problems. A great life tries to solve better problems. Ultimately, life is about solving problems. It's the types of problems you're after that you're willing to solve that determines your life. And so now you look at all these different things like your breath you know, understanding, just being self-aware, right? Okay, understanding the situation, understanding maybe they're very rushed, they're going to do it, or, you know, considering all different perspectives and trying to understand just the truth because ultimately be, being a truth seeker, right? There, I don't care who it's from. I don't care where the information is coming from. Ultimately, I just want the truth, right? And that's, I think, is ultimately is people what we want, but you can use all these different things as tools. So, like, that's why, like, you know, if, if I get the question, like, oh, should I start um, doing cold tubs and saunas? Is that going to fix my, you know, neck pain? Or is that going to help with, you know, my anxiety and everything? And I look at everything as, you know, it could. Like, it certainly will help. It won't hurt. Um, but it probably won't change everything. Because I'm under the assumption that everything is everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. And so, if you go work out, but you eat, like, dog crap, it's like, okay, that's... No judgment, right? Because you, you can do whatever you want. People can do whatever. They don't have to do anything. We're built to survive. Nothing more than that. All you got to do is survive. That's what our DNA is built. You don't have to be above average. You don't have to do anything. And there's no judgment on that. There's nothing wrong with people who want to be average. But if you want to optimize, if that's what you're after is to grow yourself and become more of who you are that you know you're capable of, then you start to look at things as tools. So like to bring this full, like kind of the meta of it, like podcasting right now, like, this is all an experiment, and I use this as a tool to create art, share with people, have intention with it. Like, we're ultimately, we're creating a memory here that I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll remember for a very, very long time, which I think is pretty cool selfishly. But it's ultimately, like, looking at everything as a tool. How can I use my breath to help myself be in a better position to solve problems? How can I put myself in a better situation to sleep? Because my sleep's gonna help my performance and cognitive thinking with my whoop, understanding the self awareness. This is a tool. Understanding your sleep, understanding how much strain did I put on my body, understanding how much um, different recovery scores that you get, right? And you become a community with that. You know, you look at your nutrition and hydration. How can I fuel my body? Ultimately, that is like if your if your body was a Ferrari, you wouldn't be putting you know crap gas in it. You'd be putting the best gas you can find in that. Because that's the type of vehicle. So if your body's a vehicle, why should you not treat that the same? You know, if you look at um, your movement, like if you can move, like you should move. We're built to move. We're not, our modern society always has this inside sitting down at our desk doing our jobs or whatever, 
right? That's what it's kind of come to. Not saying that's bad on its own, but like, let's move. Let's, let's get the body moving because ultimately your body determines what our thinking patterns and you get in that cycle again. And then connections, relationships of like, why would we do anything else if we can't share it with other people that are with the same intention, right? And so everything I think, again, is like, this is kind of just a tangent, kind of blabbering on, but it's, it's living with intention and using every, looking at everything as a tool. Like nothing is end-all, be-all. If I tell you, oh, take this, you know, magic algae pill, right, that I've, been, that I've been taking, Energy Bits, shout out to Energy Bits, I'd love to have her on, Catherine. Um, but like that's not going to change everything if you don't work out, get natural sunlight, all these different things, have meaningful conversations. And that's why I say like everything is everything. Like, and these are the foundations. Like not, that's why the whole quest is non-negotiables. Can we get to the foundations? Because everything, everything else is upon that. But if you don't have a good foundation, then like you have no structure to build off of. Yeah. No. So, all, yeah. All of it. I mean, I was going to acknowledge... I was going to, at first, when you were bringing up uh, build to survive and, like, recognizing yeah. how we... I think it's also, it's very important to recognize... Oh, when you were saying that um, no judgment, like, everyone is built to survive. Type of, yep. I, I always kind of, in my mind, lately, I've been trying to always circle back to we are all trying to do our best. We, we all are trying to do our best. I don't think I've ever met a human being... Who is, who is trying to do a bad job at what they look at as this game of life. That's such a good point. I just had a conversation uh, with John Bunce, uh, a football teammate here and a great friend. Um, he's actually in Israel right now, which is pretty sweet. But anyways, to the point is that we're just having a conversation. Like every decision a person makes, we're talking, we don't know if this is correct or not. They're just thinking about it. Every single decision a person makes is ultimately they think it's a good decision for themselves. Whether it even be objectively it's a terrible decision for them, there's something in their mind where it's like, well, this will, there's some like justifying reason, well, this is going to be good for XYZ. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's why with the, I, yeah, like it's really easy for, in us too, like me, myself, like I look at like, when I walk out and the kitchen's a mess, I assume I take it personally. Like it's, I feel like it's a lack of respect for me and respect for our environment. And like, I can't believe that they would be that ignorant to leave dishes out. And in their mind, it's just like, it doesn't matter. They're doing their best. They, like, I think about one day I was, I was all worked up because the guys had a bunch of dishes stacked in the sink. And I said something and one of my roommates was like, oh, well, I thought that was a lot better than leaving it in the living room. And it actually made me pause and be like, man, he actually was trying to do his best. And that the dishes thing is just a small, you know, zoomed in example. Mm -hmm. But 100%, people are, we are, we're all just trying to do our best of what we think is the right thing for us. Just like you were saying, totally. It's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, so I want to switch gears here too, and because you're into real estate. Right, you have different properties. I want to hear all about it because we've actually never talked about it, and I'm just more than anything, I'm just curious. Um, I'm a double major in finance, real estate. I'm planning to go into real estate. Um, specifically, I am not bound down to anything. Looking with commercial investments, development, that type of area, uh, but more than anything, trying to go have sports if I'm given the opportunity to play beyond. Um, but at some point, we're all told no. So I'm just curious. How did you get into real estate? Why real estate? What are you doing with it? <laughs> Good question. Um, 
Good question because I just had that long conversation about about real estate investment. But uh, yeah, I when I was um, nineteen, I was put on the Bigger Pockets podcast. You know, Bigger Pockets. Dude, you were on that? No, no, not put on it. Put onto it like they. I was sent it. I was sent it. I was listening. To oh, it. Dude, dude, I wish. That's my next stop. I just had one of my other buddies was just on Bigger Pockets. What? Yeah. Buddies from where? Uh, from high school, Brandon Diorio. Are you serious? Yeah, it's dropping soon. What the heck? It's very okay. Cool. I've I've met Aaron Amuchasegui, who's really good friends with Brandon Turner, who started okay. Bigger Pockets. But wow. no, I was not on it. When I was nineteen, I was sent it, and I thought the name of the po- the name of the podcast Bigger Pockets. I was like, oh, this will be good money management, and I listened to it my entire sophomore year at Mankato, and I realized it was like a couple episodes in. Obviously, I realized it was all about real estate investing. And I accidentally, for an entire semester of school, completely educated myself on investing in real estate. I listened to an episode every single day. Like, in one of the episodes talked about house hacking. So I got the book House Hacking Strategy. With, like, Felipe and all those guys, right? It and was... To... Craig Kierlock was on the episode. Okay. He wrote the book. Okay. Um, and it was still when Brandon Turner was there and, and mm. whoever the other guy was. Um, but I read the book. And then I knew that all I needed was... I basically, I knew if I saved $15,000, I could get in a house in Mankato. And my plan was, oh, I'll buy a house in Mankato and just my roommates can rent from me. So like, that's genius. And I was, I was like, the exact same thing. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's too easy. I was like, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then my, my landlord, his name is Jeremy Wise. He actually kind of put me on at the same time. It was like a couple things, you know, how like when you're you can manifest like really anything so like i was putting it out there putting it out there putting feelers out there and then jeremy wise came to the house one day and i said hey jeremy i said how many how many of these properties do you own and he's and he's like oh you know down here i own like 15 uh sometimes up to 20 depends on the year yada yada i was like how in the, how do you own 15 houses i was like how do you get to that point and then he said read the book um, rich dad, poor dad, and get back to me when you read it. So I bought it, I read it, and I went over there to cash a check one day, and I said, um, I basically said, dude, I read the book. Like, how, we talked about it. I said, how did you get to this point in your life? He's like a younger guy. And he said he dropped... How old do you think? Or do you know? Late 20s. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And just like your average guy. I was like, how did you get... How did you do this? And he said um, he dropped out of school... And he went and worked at this, I think it was an accounting or like a tax thing, tax firm, with what he said in his eyes was like the wealthiest guy in his town. So he said he dropped out of school to go learn from this guy for minimum wage. He worked for him for like a year, a year or two or something like that. And this guy, this wealthy guy on accident educated Jeremy on anything he needed to know. And Jeremy started just building this massive real estate portfolio That was the first time I'd ever really been shown the power of like self-education, picking up skills and this like this different version of life that wasn't the path. And it was like, for me, it's just mind boggling. Like, wait, so you, you left school to work minimum wage with this guy, but not to do the job, to learn everything he knows and to me at the time, just mind-boggling. That was also smart. really smart. Then then I started working with Cutco at the same time. And I started recognizing, like, Dana Spigard. He has all these. He's got over 100 units. Like, 
he's he that guy's got to be rich and this guy over nick linebacker like he's a basketball court in his house like <laughs> these guys like they have to be doing something yeah. right and i started that's when i really started looking at relationships is what can i learn from this what can i learn from this and um the relationships around me my network really helped me tee up both the houses because like the first one bought it with uh first time home buyer loan fha yeah i get that 3.5 percent not even fha just like first oh, time, just first time. yeah okay. so it's three percent i put i paid twelve thousand dollars and i got the house um lived with random roommates for the first eight nine months or so it's fine like, it was totally fine we just coexisted they did the dishes which is all i care about and wow. <laughs> they had a cute little dog too um and then slowly uh they moved out and my like kind of friends moved in and we created this environment the dream house shout out dream house podcast uh, on spotify and then um the second house was again just created by my network i was put, telling everybody i wanted another property for an airbnb nick's wife becca she's in real estate she's a real estate she's my she was my real estate agent on both houses and one day i get an i message from her it was Hey, this house isn't listed yet. I'm going to put it up next week. Would this work for you to Airbnb? And I looked at it and I was like, huh? Yeah, this is perfect. And she said, okay, it's already an Airbnb. They basically just have to give you the key. It's like, uh, okay. It's like, thank you. I was so confused. I was like, how does this even happen? But another testament to you put it out there, put it out there, put it out there. Like people around you will conspire to make things happen. You can manifest anything. So then we got the Airbnb um, that one we had to do a traditional loan and I did it with my mom. So I went to my Is mom. Is any of this, like, do you ever feel just from the outside in looking if I was in your shoes, did you ever feel like overwhelmed? Like, Oh my God, what if I don't make this work? And now I got to pay this mortgage or whoever structured it. And it's like, what, the, what happens if this all sinks? Right. Uh, That's that, I feel like yeah. that'd be a natural response. Not that you have to shy away from that, but how did you, if that happened? I think it was at first. I think the first, the second house, not the first house, a little bit. But I think it was. I was so distracted by the thirty thousand foot view that I didn't recognize the bad things. And I'd listen, dude. At that point, I'd probably listen to two hundred episodes of Bigger Pockets of all success stories or stories that they failed and then how they overcame it so i had like almost numbed myself at that point to well yeah i just have to take action like all these other people i listened to all these episodes on accident so i almost like accidentally reshaped my brain to not even view it as a risk it was like Mm. this is my step this is the step so i think i was almost just numb and distracted looking back i could see how a 20 year old would be like this is a big deal i don't i don't remember feeling like that I think I was just, I was like wired, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old are you right now? 22. 22. Yeah. Well, birthday's coming up, though. Okay, almost 23. <laughs> Happy yeah. early birthday. Let's Thanks. go. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. But yeah, so then, so, and then you had the third. Well, the third was supposed to happen this fall. And I, it's not that I mismanaged my money. I think I just, because I built my own office this year and we, we've done really, really well. I've learned a ton. Um, have gone from having a staff of a couple people to over a dozen people helping out. So I've learned how to manage a staff and a huge team. And like, I'm learning how to run a, a big business right now. And in that, I have I had to learn how to run the books and the financials. 
And it's not that I've been making poor money decisions. I just haven't learned how to do that and acquire another property yet. So just another skill set that I, I have to pick up. So this year, I think I can get two, though, based on the way things are going. So I think I get third and fourth. Mm. Dude, when I, when I listen to this and I'm just trying to, like, you know, put the pieces together myself of trying to understand what you're saying, too, is, like, when I hear it, it sounds like you're plugged into a lot of different outlets, right? Like you got a lot of different things going on. You got real estate, you got, you know, leading teams, you got, you know, the self-improvement learning, all these different ideas. And I think there's a commonality between us because I'm kind of also tied into a lot of different things. You know, I have baseball, football, you know, school classes, uh, real estate clubs, mentorship programs, all these different things that you're plugged into. Um, I want to ask you a question of this is just how I kind of think about it is you can kind of learn in two different ways or become wise in two different ways of either you can become wise or uh, attain wisdom through experiences, right? And through experiences, you can have different perspectives within those. And so how do you go about it is like, cause you can go, someone can go about it very wide and horizontal of like have all these different doors open. And so they have so many different perspectives on so many different things. Right. But you can also go, shut a few of those doors, have a couple doors still open, but now you're able to go much more deep within that mm. avenue. So now you've gone so deep into it that you've seen and you've experienced and have had different perspectives on going so far down that road that so many people haven't got to yet. And so it's like, okay, what, what, what do you think is most efficient or effective to go? Should, do you think a person, if ultimately it comes back to what do you want, right? What, how do I envision success? What am I ultimately after for? What am I capable of? But do you want to spread yourself, you know, not spread yourself thin, but, you know, see what you're capable of. How many different things can I do and still, you know, have my head above the, the water? Or do you go, I'm going to be the best in this and I'm going to do this thing? Or is there a balance to it? Oh, it's, it's really interesting. I think that the strategy I've taken that I have not regretted is having something that is my main thing first. So for me, it's my Cutco experience. It is the, when I started four, now four years ago, that first year I was just a sales rep. I knew the income potential. I sold $70,000 that year. I earned a ton as a, as a 19 year old. And then the next year was, I learned how to be a business owner. I ran a branch office. That was my main thing in 2020. 2021, I was in an apprenticeship role. That Jeremy Wise, my renter, or my, uh, what's it called, landlord? landlord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that always stuck with me. He left school to go learn from the most successful person he knew. So I did the same thing. I left school. I went and was Dane Espigard pilot sales manager, which basically means I took low pay to just do whatever he told me to do. And that was probably the best decision, one of the best decisions of my life. It was a whole different type of education again. Took those, that was 2021, 2022, opened my own office, built my own staff, my own team. And then right now I'm building in my own division. So I'll have offices and, and hopefully take over when Dane, you know, probably gets promoted because he's the greatest ever. And he's just, he's a beast. Know, he's such a beast. I'll he's back like, that up. He's yeah. like legitimately like the Michael Jordan of Cucko. Like yeah, I love goat. that dude. He, he's a good dude overall too. Like he, he, he's after it. He's great. And so for me, that's like my path. Like that is the, that creates everything else. So as long as I have vision with that, and as long as I know where I'm going with that, and I'm going a hundred miles an hour, I can, as long as I am very good with my time management, I can pick up 
this over here and I can acquire a property here and I can, and it's deciding uh, the secondary things for me, like what is actually, what's worth my energy. I remember when a lot of the people in my network were all in on crypto, like crypto this, crypto that, crypto this, crypto that. And I remember a conversation where, where one of them asked me, like, hey, are you getting into crypto at all? And I said, I know nothing about crypto. I have put zero seconds of my life into learning or talking about crypto. Why? It's just not not on my radar. Like, I, I'm not spreading myself that way. Nothing against crypto. Well, now that looks like good. <laughs> Currently, at this point in time. At the, t- at the time, everybody was like, what do you mean? It's the next big thing. And I, I, in, in my eyes, I was like, if I miss on crypto, I miss on crypto. It's just not a focus of mine right now. So deciding, having my main thing is my main thing and then picking up pieces on the way of like, I'm gonna put myself here too and put myself here too. And then understanding that every time I do that, every time I add a, a layer to my life, there's a, a season of growth that has to come with that that is massively uncomfortable. Because every time that we as humans add a layer to our capacity, like our capacity has to expand. And then it's, you know that it's working when you look back, like I look back two years ago, no houses, no Airbnb people to deal with, no tenants at my house to deal with, no bills, like no staff, like it was just me and this. And I think like, I was stressed out back then. So I've expanded to this point and in the moment, it's always been uncomfortable, but that's that's kind of the point. Like, it, it has to be uncomfortable because discomfort means growth. And then that also has retrained my brain of like, okay, I am really stressed right now. Good. I'd rather choose to be stressed because think about, like, Colby, when you work out, that you can feel stress in your muscles, right? Yeah. The, the muscles up here are the same way. If you can feel this discomfort of capacity it's the same as when you work out but when we work out when we get done we're like oh that felt so good like that was such a good lift and when we're lifting weights we're like oh this is really hard but we don't give up because we know we're going to be just fine this is the same muscle it's the same thing so if if we can just retrain like that discomfort that's our capacity growing that's a muscle that we're building it's a whole different way to look at stress which is a really good thing Dude, yeah, like how you view anything, stress, if, you know, if you think stress is bad, like, you know, it probably won't help you, if you think stress is a good thing, like, that's gonna help you, um, in the weight room, like, that's, that's a, I love how you put that, because, um, I want to talk about this in a couple more questions, and I want to be respectful of your time, um, but, right, like, you look at anything uncomfortable, or unknown, like, the unknown is uncomfortable, right, because, how I think about it and what kind of what, what I've been around and listened to is like the uncomfortability is ultimately like what you said, the discomfort is where growth takes place. And if you ask the question, why is that? This is the best analogy that I can share is that it, think of your mind as a snow hill. Okay. If your mind's a snow hill and every thought you have is a sled going down the hill, each thought you have based on the assumption that we make 70,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day and 80% of those thoughts are the exact same thoughts day to day. If each one of those sleds, 80% of them are exact same of 80,000, they're going to start making grooves and trails and different mm. routes down the hill. And so now that's like the subconscious of what you do right now. That's the comfortability bubble of 
you already know you already know what's going to happen because you've gone through that experience you've had different perspectives and you've already had all those thinking patterns all those different behaviors all those unconscious how you go about it like there's already preset there's a trail for it you know you just got to follow the trail but now you get into the uncomfortability of it you go into the unknown right and that's like now for back to the analogy is like there's a fresh snow uh powder snowing down Dude, fills I'm, gonna, in, I'm gonna steal this yeah yeah fills so it fills in the cracks fills in the different areas of the route so now it's a fresh powder again so now that gives you the power and control and influence in your life by going into the unknown now you have the power and influence of okay this is a, a brand new environment that i'm not used to maybe it's a social gathering that you're very anxious about or whatever it may be your mind starts you overthink it right and that's like you just kind of flip it around and look at it like look this is uncomfortable but now i have influence because now I can decide how do I want to be perceived by people? How do I want to feel? How do I want to go about this? How do I think about this? How, what kind of situation position do I want to put myself in? And that gives you the power of going into the unknown, but it's so counterintuitive at first once you don't understand because it's like, oh my God, the unknown is scary. Well, it's uncomfortable for the name. It's uncomfortable. It's not going to be nice and easy, but now you start creating new, new trails and new, new uh, paths with the sled going down the hill as each thought pattern is a sled going down there in the unknown you get the power of choosing where that sled goes how do you want it to go how do you want people to perceive you all these different ideas is ultimately by going into the unknown you are gaining power you are gaining influence over the situation that you want it's really good that's really good where'd you get that sled analogy uh it's so good he uh it is not mine um i listened to it from there's a video i was watching about it I'm going to have to put it in the show notes or something because so I, I can't remember on it. But he, he talked about um, with psychedelics and how that can also influence the, the snowfall um, and get people out of depression and anxiety because now they don't have those bad all past uh. thinking patterns. So now they have the power and control influence choice over the new ones. Um, and I just thought it was so beautifully put. So it's, I think it's one of the best analogies you can kind of get for really the good. unknown. Totally. Totally. I'm just thinking of... Being in Colorado, it's easy to go down the same hill when I was visiting my sister. And then, you know Jack Ryan? Yep. Our guy? I just had a conversation with him. He's going to be on here soon. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in Atlanta now. Um, we went. He took me down like this back hill through the trees, and it was so scary the first time. Then it was like, oh, yeah, a back trail. Let's keep doing that. But the first time, it freaked me out. Such a great analogy. Like, yeah. So good. Well, now you get to the point of like, okay, now I've, I've, I'm in the unknown. I'm in the uncomfortability. I've now created those patterns. Now it's like, if, if you think about the comfortability as a bubble, you just blew your bubble up to a bigger bubble. Mm. But now it's like, okay, now the unknown and the uncomfortability is now my comfort zone. What I thought was I was super scared of, now what, just the, the subconscious of what I do. So now it's like this ex- ever-expanding um, bubble of uncomfortability. And ultimately, by, through that, you gain more power and influence within yourself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's one of those things. So let me, let me ask you um, like one more question here or so, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, but here's the thing. So when I, when I think about you, like you're, you're plugged into so many different things, right? And you kind of shared like you ultimately want to work for the GM for the Vikings, right? Why, why do you want to do all of these different things? Like what is your, like, I think as humans, you're pulled in one of three directions. You either pulled from, the, um, from behind um, of past experiences and so that you can kind of get stuck in past thinking or you can get pulled to the side, distractions, 
living unintentionally with no purpose. So whatever that may be of absorbing whatever's around you and trying to fill up the cracks within yourself or you're pulled into the, the future, pulled forward of what am I after? What is my highest potential? What am I capable of? And I feel like you're the one pulled from the, from the, from forward. And so if you know, like, what do you think is pulling you forward? Why do you want to do all these things? Why do you want to grow? I think a lot of it comes from me wanting to just live my dream life. I have been obsessed with the thought that, or the concept of death, like we die. And I have become so comfortable with like, we die. That is it. Like we will all die. That's, you know, death is a given. This life begins, it ends. And in a hundred years, nobody remembers your name. I don't know my great, great grandpa's name. I, I don't because actually it is George, but my great, great, great grandpa's name, like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. So our, we, we really don't have legacy. Alex Ramosi talks about this all the time. So if I'm going to make the most out of this one life that I know ends, how do I actually want to spend my time? And I, I want to design my life. I want to treat life like a game. I want to design every piece of it. I want to maximize every second of it. And I love having impact and I love having significance and I love inspiring people to do the same thing. But selfishly, because ultimately, like, it, yes, it feels really good to give to other people and have impact and all of those things. But we are all naturally, we're all, we all want what's best for us. We were talking about this earlier. And so for me, like, I want to live by design. I want to do what I want when I want. I have my dreams list. I want to cross off more dreams every year than the year before. And so far I've done that. And to literally tonight, this is why I had tonight open. I'll, and I'll sacrifice that for this any day was I'm planning my dreams for 2023 down to the last day. I've, I pretty, I have the shell of the year. I know the eight trips I'm taking this year. Um, I know what days I'm going to be gone. The whole year is almost planned. It's designed, I've designed it all how I want to design it. So for me, just knowing that I'm going to die and being super comfortable with that has opened this whole freedom of like, there's no fear with anything because the, the life ends anyway. So I'm going to spend it how I want to spend it. And I know like the real estate stuff and the, the Cutco stuff and like all that, that's my vehicle. Like right now at this time in my life, that's my vehicle. So it's it's not hard for me to get be motivated. Like I know why I'm doing it. I know what it's for. It's not hard for me to wake up at 5 a.m. It's not hard for me to be at the office till 9 p.m. on a Friday. Like it, it, it none of it's hard because I know I know what's on the back end of it. So I guess like what I would really encourage people to do is make a dreams list. Like write down, like if, if you know you die, like how do you really want to spend your time? Like what are the things, who are the people you want to be surrounded by? Um, one of my favorite things I did with the dreams thing is I sat down, I had put intentionality to, into, I put spent two hours writing out who, like what my dream girl, my dream wife would look like in January of 2021. I put all this time into it and I basically manifested my current girlfriend, Anna, and she's like, she's the perfect, she's everything I wrote down. And like, I manifested that. And that was another testament of like, really, like I've been saying it this whole podcast, you manifest anything, but we can also manifest nothing. And that's what Earl Nightingale talks about in The Strangest Secret, that you ha- we have to have goals to pursue them, to achieve them for sure. 
And I think I heard a quote one time. It was like 70% or 70% of, I got to think of what it was. 70% of people or 70% of goals are achieved after they've been wrote, written down or chosen or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was thinking, I, I was thinking like how almost how dumb of a quote that is because in order to achieve anything, we have to decide that we want to do it. So really a hundred percent. Like you, if you want a podcast, we got to make the podcast. If you want to, you know, the the dreams and aspirations that you have, Colby, which, dude, I'd love to talk about sometime. We clearly don't have time tonight. Like you have to decide first. So that's my biggest thing is life by design, just choosing what I want, knowing what the bigger picture is, using the vehicles I have. And it's not, I don't, I, I feel like I don't waste seconds. I don't spend time scrolling. Like I don't have time. I'm going to run out. Like I, I need to do the things I want to do. Mm. So it's it's not hard to avoid distraction. That that's that's what I would say would be you know my overarching thing. Dude, that's that's awesome to hear. You know that what I get from that is like living with a sense of urgency. Urgency is huge. Um, also, like all this stuff, like podcasting, connecting with people, I think is awesome. But we're just talking about stuff, right? And so it's like you have to like go take action, and like actions obviously speak louder than words. And so if you can talk a whole thing, and that's awesome. You can get people going, but ultimately watch what that person does. Like that'll tell you everything you need to know. If this person says, I want to change, you know, I'm going to be better, blah, blah, blah. Awesome. But show me that. And I think that's huge. Another thing I just want to note on too is um, awesome of how, you know, when should I start, how, when should you start your day? As soon as you have it finished. When should I start my week? As soon as you have it finished. When should I start my month? As soon as I have it finished. When should I start my year? As soon as I have it finished, meaning designing it out, laying it out, having different things. And I think that's really cool um, that you're doing that and sharing that. Dude, you're laced with wisdom <laughs> as well. Dude, that's, I mean, you are what you surround yourself with, right? And I, I appreciate you saying that, but I don't believe that to myself. I think there's a lot more to gain. So, and I completely understand why you say that. And intuitively, I get it. And I hear it from people that are older than me when I have conversations. Like, wow, you know this all by the time you're 21. Um, but ultimately, like, I don't, there's just so much more. Like, I, I don't know really. I, you know, everything we're talking about right now, we could be completely off. I don't know. Maybe we're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying I'm right. You're not saying, you know, I just, I think it's important to talk about the things you're after. Um, and just trying to get better. Like, I'm just trying to be a better human. I'm just trying to live better. How can I be more effective? How can I be optimize my position to help other people and all these different things? Um, is there anything else that you wish we would have talked about tonight that I would have asked you? Um, I, I love the concept of pain and pleasure. We, we were get, we, you said something like it where we choose, we, we can either choose pain or we can choose pleasure. And we get on the back end the opposite of what we choose every time. It's like, you know this concept. Yeah, I was... Uh, well, I think pain and pleasure are on the same scale. And that's kind of the point. Like, it's either the price of discipline or the p- price of regret. And that to go to the back, when you, we know we die. That's certain. It's just a matter of when. Hell, it could be next week and we get hit by the bus, right? You just don't know. So it's like now you live with intention and understand that now you're filled with gratitude and gratitude is one of the biggest things attracting what you want. I'm not in pursuit of anything. I'm an attraction building myself up in a position and now I'm attracting what I ultimately want. Um, yeah, dude, it's huge. I, I, I love having conversations like, because it's just like they appear to be universal truths. 
It doesn't matter who says it. If it's a person you really don't like, but they say these things, it's like you can't disagree with that because like when you truly think about it, you just ask the question why. It's just like, yeah, like that, that intuitively to myself, maybe I'm ignorant, but that seems true. That seems like a universal truth. Yeah. I, no, I think if you explain that to anybody, they'd be like, okay, yeah, that checks out. That checks out. Yeah. Like we choose, yeah, we choose extreme, ple- like extreme pleasure, going out on a Friday night you know, until 3 a.m., there's no way somebody feels great the next day. Like, hit way up here, way down here. And then the opposite is also true. Getting up at 5 a.m. for a workout on a Saturday morning is not the easiest thing at all. But you you know how good you feel the rest of the day. Like, to that pain and pleasure, duality, like you said, exists at the same time on the same scale. Um, One of my favorite, like, one of my paradigm shifts for sure. And then... The the one book that I think you would eat up, I'm going to actually, I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Um, maybe you've heard of it. 101 Essays That Changed the Way You Think. I've heard of it. Oh. Other people have never, I've never read it. Dude, it but I is. I heard it's really good. You would, it, you could have wrote that book, Kobe. Like it is, dude, it, it is so good at shifting paradigms of like, oh my gosh. And for me, I'm such a like go, 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 go. The chapters are all, it's 101 thoughts in the 200 page book. So it's mm. like, they're two pages, two page things where you read it and you're like, whoa, um, listeners. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's kind of like, say it one more time, the title of it. 101 essays that change the way you think. I, I think it's now a bestseller. Okay. Um, it's a white book with black letters and it is so powerful. And so just mind altering you you'd eat it up yeah i'd I'd love to yeah rip into that yeah but no i I mean otherwise great conversation how how long we've been talking i don't know yeah it's uh an hour and five minutes right now wow yeah Yeah, so time flies by um but yeah so i mean here's the thing we could sit down and talk for hours and hours days and days and all these different things but ultimately i want to respect your time um more than anything when i i appreciate you coming over right we're both busy. I completely get it. But doing, you know, in person, getting after it, I love it. So when someone can give their time away to someone else, that's the one. We're all giving 24 hours a day, right? We're all giving the same amount of time. But by someone giving a piece of their time to other person, it's the highest form of, you know, love, I believe, is you, when you share that and give that. So I really appreciate you um, giving me some of your time. Um, before we head out and we close off here, um, if people want to reach out to you, where do they reach out to? How can they get a, uh, get a hold of you? Yeah, alex.funk on Instagram, uh, alexrfunk.com. Both places, watch my book. I'm writing a book right now. That's another... Um, oh, we, we got... This This will be for next time. What's yeah. the book? Okay, quick thing about the book. Give me the whole thing. Or yeah, it's, it's called notes. The Dreams List. The Dreams List. Yeah. Talking about all the dreams. Talking about how to live by design. So the quick, really quick outline, actually. Yep. I'm going to give it super quick. Uh, the first, first section of the book is the why so like the why of lifestyle design and i want to pull it up because i want to give the quick cliff notes of it but Absolutely. um yeah it is the dreams list boom right here okay so section one lifestyle design so we don't live to survive anymore i don't have the money quote i don't have the time strangest secret gets a shout out and then wraps up that section with lifestyle design and then section two of the book is Talking about a dreams list versus a, a bucket list. We've all heard of a bucket list. Oh, yeah. How many people have one? Really, like, nobody. Um, talking about the different categories of a dreams list, the different types of dreams, 
and then different tools to check in with the dreams list often. And then the book is one more section, which is executive level time planning. So which you're talking about, um, time, and then having the energy to do everything is in there, a full chapter about that. The power of habits, routines, and environments, and then the power of gratitude and celebrating. Um, that's like a brief synopsis of the book, but the dreams list, how to live by design and habitualize a life of awesome S H I T all the time. That's the book. So no, I'm fired up about it. I've changed the book three times. It was, this isn't the book I first started writing. I got the publishing deal for it. And then since then I've changed it three times. This is where I'm at. This podcast might come out and I listen to it in a year and I'm like, Oh, that's right. I was going to write that book and it might be something different, but I'm, I'm fired up to give more people the dreams list concept. I really am. So does yeah. that come out soon? I it's it, still, a year out for yeah, sure. Yeah. The publishing track is, a, is kind of a long one, but um, yeah, I'm excited to write it. Follow me on stuff and follow along for that. I'll, I'm gonna start talking about dreams a lot more, so more people can get in on it. And dude, I think that's gonna be my new purpose is getting more dreams list. Did you ever make one when you were in North Star or dreams list? I, I didn't do the retreat, but we did it within um, our like section or our little like on a zoom break. yeah 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 okay yeah cool. we did uh zoom breakout yeah so i want to get that out there that's my biggest thing so follow me follow along let's go follow along yeah awesome yeah. all right cheers folks be curious that's one thing that mr funk here is all about hey and pushing th- it thanks for listening listeners seriously thanks for having me Kobe. this is awesome Dude, <laughs> you are i i you gotta catch up more absolutely excellent host for the future excellent host all right We'll see ya. Take care. Cheers.